0: Hello, this is Tracy Spears and thank you for joining me for the Real Life Leadership Podcast. Today I'm super excited to introduce you to my guest, Paula And Paula is the Dean of Libraries and Knowledge Management. Oh, I love this title. (laughs) But I also looked you up and you are HLC Accreditation Liaison Officer Mm -hmm. and you are the Tulsa Area United Way Campaign Coordinator Uh for Tulsa Community College. That's right. Right, so welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. I'm thrilled to be here. I know. So, we've talked uh, many times about sitting down and doing this, and today's the day. So, thank you for making some time. So, so, tell us a little bit about what a Dean of Libraries and Knowledge Management person does. So, let's start there. I go to a lot of meetings.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? It seems like that's what I do a lot of. Uh, We oversee, I oversee four libraries at our community college, our local community college, which is the largest, or the second largest freshman class in the state. Wow. Yeah, we've got about
0: 24,000 students at any given time. Okay, that's a that's a blockbuster. Is that, how does that compare to most community colleges? Is that pretty big? It's big. Okay. And, and, and <laughs> Sounds this, like. it, it's the
1: largest one in Oklahoma. Okay. So, it's big. Okay. Any, anywhere it's big, but here it's really big. For sure. And uh, we have libraries on all campuses, and we have library directors who report to me, and then librarians right. report to the library directors and so on. We do everything like the traditional stuff where we buy books and we catalog books, but Most of our day is probably spent in information literacy sessions and working with Mm. students to understand what's good information and what's flawed information. You hear fake news a lot, and so we spend a lot of time talking about what that means and how to tell if something's authentic and
0: credible, reliable. We call it our crap test. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. And most things probably don't pass that test, is my guess. A lot of things don't pass that (laughs) test. Okay, so you spend a lot of time trying to figure out what, you know, fact from fiction. and
1: Okay, Mm -hmm. interesting. And my job is really mostly management and administration and those kinds of things. I don't do a lot of frontline librarian work anymore. But, um, but it, and you mentioned knowledge management, which is an an offshoot of library science. We what a lot of people don't realize when they think of librarians, we think libraries and books and reading. And I can't tell you how many times I've been asked, well, do you get to read a lot? I really don't get to read a lot because <laughs> you know, that's not what we do all day. But one of the big things is we do is we, Organize knowledge, right? Mm, sure. We catalog books, we catalog information, we build databases and so TCC recognized our skill set is really information science okay, and gave um, the organization of the knowledge for the college over to us in the library and so we help uh, different departments set up their SharePoint sites. We do a great deal of records management where we helped our departments know what the state regs
0: are and how they work; mm. uh, those kinds of things are it's part of what we do too. Oh my gosh! So, uh, so I have worked with your team. How many? What? what i oh, it like, three or
1: four. Three times? or four
0: times, yeah. And I just want to, for the listeners, to know that you are absolutely the most exciting group of people I've ever <laughs> met with. Like, I mean, the list is long of exciting groups, but definitely the most exciting librarians I've ever <laughs> met with, for sure. But I was blown away. Like, I did have that stereotypical, I had that mm-hmm. bias going in that, okay, I was going to have to lower my voice, and you know. We, But uh, I went in from the beginning of working with your team, like everything was decorated. They were all so collegial. I mean, um, and I know that doesn't just happen. So I know that's your leadership, a lot of your leadership, and a lot of just picking the right people for sure. So I wanted to start with that because as you, you know, here, this is a leadership podcast. Um, As I watched you and I listened to the conversations your team has I've been incredibly impressed with who you are as a leader. Thank so, you. yeah, yeah. So that's that's my real uh, excitement for. How does that happen? So, you're you you know. How long have you been with this team? And tell me some of the things that have led to that amazing group of people sitting in that room, right? Okay. Thanks. Well, I, I really appreciate that. We we do have a
1: great team, you and too. I give them all the credit. Um, I've been at the college for six and a half years. Okay. And when I came in, I do what I like to call 20 questions, where I literally sat down with each employee and asked them things like, what do you like most about your job? Mm. What would you like to change about your job? We did sort of like a one-on-one SWOT analysis. What do you think the strengths are of our library? What are our weaknesses? What opportunities are we missing? And then we talked about like random stuff. What's your favorite types of books to read? Mm. Those kinds of questions. And I literally had the list and I asked every employee to go down to, you know, and that there's not that many employees that I couldn't do that. It, you know, it did take me a while to do it. Oh, uh, so, yeah, so smart! Yeah, and it just had that one-on-one is how we started. So it helped me to know who they were and where they were coming from, and it helped me to identify um, opportunities for them. Some it was e, this is probably not going to be the right place for you, but for <laughs> others it was okay. Now I know how we can help you grow, right? Um, and from there, we did a lot of planning as a team. And in the first retreat, which you've been to a couple of our retreats, and our very first one. Really, I just had them break out in tables like you've seen, and they did SWOT analysis as groups mm-hmm. and came up with the things that they wanted us to accomplish over the next year. And that's really just where we started. And a year later, I sort of did a state of the library and I said, okay, you know, in 2012, you told me this is what we were going to do. And here it is 2013, and mm-hmm. here's what we've done.
0: Interesting. So you took your, so you took this group of people. So I do a lot of strategic planning mm-hmm. and what you've described is almost a strategic plan, mm-hmm. right? That's the exactly idea to say, do. uh, yeah. So what, where, what do you think? Like mm-hmm. sometimes when a leader takes over a, a new position, what they'll do is, um, they'll not do anything for like six months and they'll say, well, I just want to observe. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a bad idea because, uh, You know, first of all, you're a new leader. You need to make some kind of a statement, right? Mm -hmm. You need to, so if you're, the first thing you do is exactly what you said, sit down with every single person. (laughs) And that's like 60 people. I mean, it's not (laughs) not like we're talking about four people. Mm -hmm. So you, I mean, I know that took a lot of time, but what Mm -hmm. you did in that, my sense is built an amazing foundation Mm -hmm. of uh, trust because I think that trust is one of those things that without it it's you just can't build a, a really incredible culture that I know you have built again having seen them. So that was the first takeaway mm-hmm. I want to make sure everybody heard is that you took the time to say what do you think and you know mm-hmm. because there's no way that you in a super short amount of time could gather the intel on your own that right that you can get from those people. That's right. So I think that's super smart.
1: And what I've learned about that is people will tell you the most amazing things if you just listen. <laughs> True. You know, they'll, they, they will open up if you, if it's you and somebody else sitting in a room, they will tell you all sorts of things that you never really expected. And so you have these great conversations and sort of where we went from there. Um, and this sounds kind of just, I don't know. We, we did a lot of work on, Strengths. I, mm. I love strengths finders and the whole theory that don't don't really worry too much about your weaknesses. You're never gonna be good at that anyway. So right. focus on what you do really, really well. And so that the previous institution where I worked, that was a big deal there. And everybody who worked there did that. So mm. I brought that to this institution and did that with my management team. And that really helped us understand each other because I found out when I came on board. Everybody was in the thinking realm, and we mm. had very few people in execution. <laughs> and so over time, and you know, people come and go, and we try have tried to balance that out. And so every time we hire somebody for our management team, we look at our – I have a rubric of our strengths, our top five strengths. And we look at that, and we say, okay, we need somebody in this skill set. So when mm. we interview, we really focus on who we need to round out our leadership team. Wow. And, and we do that to a lesser extent in all the libraries, but we really do try to find somebody who, if, if we've got a lot of people who are really heavy on thinking, then we try to find somebody who's really heavy on action. Mm. Because it, otherwise we don't get anything done, right? Sure, sure. Um, and so we did that. And then you helped us with True Colors for the librarians, really for the whole library stuff as a whole. And we talk a lot about our temperaments now. And it's become an everyday part of our lives because... We're now talking about how do we go from good to great? Mm. You know, how sure. do we move into giving and receiving feedback? How do we understand our colleagues in different ways and really think about what it means when somebody reacts in
0: a certain way? I love that. So the temperament model, we'll call it colors, mm-hmm. um, the uh, that, that we went through, that whole understanding I do think that takes people to a different level right? absolutely Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of all that stuff strength I'm, all yeah. of them that you've mentioned
1: they talk to each fan. other
0: and call each other well I know because you're blue
1: I, you know, I just want to make sure I'm not going to hurt your feelings. Yeah. But, you know, I'm green, yes. so I'm not really thinking about feelings. And you hear the, the staff saying that now ever yeah. since you did
0: that training oh with us. Oh, my gosh, that's <laughs> so cool. Well, it shortcuts everything. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, so you Absolutely. can, I, I think the difference in some of them, people walk out of there and go, this is who I am. Everybody mm-hmm. needs to deal with it. But I think with that, people walk out and go, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. But this is how it bumps up against who you are. Mm-hmm. So now let's have a different conversation. So Absolutely. But I think people have to be open to that. You oh, know.
1: absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I don't know that on day one or even year two or three they would have been. Sort of what we did in addition to what we were talking about earlier is we, and it took me, I think I was in year four when I did this, mm-hmm. looked at the meetings they were having because mm-hmm. I, I'm i a big believer in making decisions at the lowest, the most decisions at the lowest level possible mm-hmm. so that the people who are on the front line are leading in certain areas, for example, if you're talking about circulation and, and checking in and out books and that policy, well, those are the people making recommendations about how we do the work. Mm-hmm. It's not people at my level who right. are saying every book should be two, due in two weeks. It's the people who are working with the students, right? Sure. So we had teams to do that kind of work and marketing and those kinds of things. So we had all these meetings, but they were not the most productive. So we spent a lot of time, and I did a lot of work in training Um the staff how to run meetings. Mm. And we spent a lot of time talking about how you build agendas and how you do um, consent agendas and how you do all
0: this work ahead of time so that when you get in the meetings, you can have real discussion. Oh my gosh, that that is one of my pet peeves because I think too many people think, well, we'll do all of that during the meeting. Yeah. And that meeting, you're right, that has to be... So Mm -hmm. so much prep work ahead Mm -hmm. of time going into that. I love that you are – I love that.
1: Oh, I I have spent – I've had some wonderful training myself in meetings and somehow became the, air quote, expert on it at the college. So I've done a lot of training on meetings and how to run them. And it started with our library crew. And now their meetings are so efficient. And they've even gotten to the place where they can – select literature to read and they they share articles and things like that and are able to talk about it in the meetings because they build that time in and they don't do the round-robin anymore that all goes into consent agenda so they know what everybody's doing they can read about it they can ask questions about it but you don't sit there and spend an hour just going around the room telling everybody what's going on so you're saying consent agenda tell Mm -hmm. me about that consent agenda is uh, are, are things that are not controversial, that's mm. just basic up-to-date uh, information. So, on a consent agenda, you'll put things like, um, oh, what classes maybe you've taken or something that you've learned or a, a project that you're working on. You're maybe given a project update that okay. there's not, there doesn't need to be discussion about it, but you want to share. It's really sort of the written version of a round Robin. Okay. Sometimes you'll see it like we use them at, at TCC for our board meetings and it's things maybe sometimes like personnel issues, like who's resigning and who's being mm-hmm. on boarded. So it's things that there's not likely to be discussion about. You can move things on and off of consent agendas. Okay. You don't have to to keep it on there forever, but they're great tools um, uh, to keep your meetings moving quick, more quickly, sure. sharing huge amounts of information. The other thing I love about it is it's written. So everybody gets the same information, and it's not somebody listening and then later filtering. Mm. You know, say you miss a meeting and somebody tells you what happens, and they either forget or they don't tell you exactly what happened. Exactly. (laughs) But consent agents. will save your life in meetings. I love that.
0: My favorite thing in meetings is the parking lot. Do you all utilize? Yes, we do parking lots. Yes. Tell tell everybody what that is in case
1: they don't know. It's when an idea comes up in a meeting and now's not the time for it. And so you make sure that you make a note of it to bring it up or put it on the next meeting agenda. The other thing they do is they plan the whole year Hmm. with their meetings. They have set meeting dates and times and they plan themes for the for the meetings too so it might be that we need to say that in March we're going to talk about copyright so mm-hmm. everybody has like 20 minutes there's a 20 minute part where they do some copyright training so they try to do a lot of internal
0: training too that's awesome yeah so one of the other things I know you've done is um, you've made a decision that um, you're not going to let people just complain uh, so that's right gonna, gonna it, you're not going to let them just go Hey, this is what's wrong. So tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that decision you made, and uh, and how, how that plays it? out. Yeah.
1: Well, what we I do it a couple of ways. One it started with the meetings. The meetings went at times had turned into complaining sessions, sure. and so it became it's going to be really structured. We started at a certain time, we ended at a certain time, we have an agenda. So that that was one way that we managed it. The other way that that after we took it from that piece and really handled the technical part, we started talking about things like what are the solutions and don't complain without some ideas and solutions. But even beyond that, I generally, um, if we have something that comes up, for example, we have something called liaisons with all the different schools. So a librarian might be assigned to nursing, for example. Well, there's a librarian assigned to every area, at TCC. So right now we have a work group looking at what does that mean? How does that work? So they do the background research, they come together, and then they bring the management a proposal as to how we're going to make this work. Mm. We another example we've done is in the area of peer mentoring and peer review, where I told them I said we're going to start observing each other in the classroom. I want you to figure out what that's going to look like, how it's going to work. So they begin working on a plan to make this work with the parameters that they believed in. And so they've created this huge, complicated, wonderful program Mm. that I would have never dreamed of. That's so
0: amazing what they're doing with it. I think that's because your strength as I witness (laughs) and watch is that you are in the outcomes business.
1: You are (laughs) so so
0: good to stand up and say, I don't care what the how-to is, Mm -hmm. but at the end of it, this is what it needs to look like absolutely and i think that too many leaders get into the how to business and they mm-hmm. lose sight of that bigger picture because what just what you just said is it it's a creativity killer mm-hmm. when the leaders like this is where we need to end and also these are the 16 steps and don't deviate from them because if you do right. then you're going to get in trouble and all of a sudden you have a group of people that are paralyzed because wait, what if my process takes me, I only need eight steps instead of 16, but I can still get there, but you're, you're going to be upset with me because I didn't, right? Like, right, so, right. So I think that's probably one of the things that um, creates so much excitement with your group is because everybody feels like they have a voice. you think Absolutely. that's true? Absolutely. I, I do believe
1: that's true. And I will say, I don't know if it's my strength or my weakness that I don't have the attention span to look <laughs> at all of them. <laughs> well i is okay, right. I like I that I like that yet. but I, absolutely you know a long time ago in one of my first management jobs I had sort of a career coach who mm-hmm. said to me and I think those by the way are wonderful for new leaders sure. is to have some executive coaching or career coaching and I always recommend that um, but she said you know people can't be successful until you show them what success looks like you need to be really clear when you explain what you want mm. and and she also helped me see that it didn't matter how they got there. Right. And I really, that's one of those lessons I have just taken with me forever. And and I tell that to my directors and anybody I've ever worked with who supervises people is, you know, employees innately want to please their supervisors. Mm-hmm. So all you have to
0: do Most, is tell mostly. them.
1: <laughs> <And> they, mostly <laughs> they do. Yeah. Mostly they do. And so you just have to help them see what that's going to look like, what that end project looks like. And they'll surprise you. Yeah. They will take it to levels. I mean, another example of that for us was our annual report. The first year I was there, we I don't think we'd ever done one at, um, in the library at the college. And one of the things I said was, I want us to look back over the year and, and celebrate our successes. Well, now, and I did the first one. Now, I don't even know anything about it until they give it to me in in the last, you know, the next to the last draft is when I get it. And they have taken ownership and they plan what stories they want to write in the annual report. They think about the year. They all divvy up who writes it. And I mean, it's so amazing because it's the celebrate they're celebrating each other and that's the goal right? That's so much better
0: than what you could have done, right? <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea. If
1: you, if you saw the one I did versus what they do now, it's yeah. light years apart. And what they do is so much more creative and so much
0: more beautiful and has so much more depth. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, a little bit ago when you, I was, we were talking about uh, you don't like people to complain, but you want them to bring you solutions instead mm-hmm. of complaints that that's, that was the game changer. I think that was, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. so your group, they don't complain. They're like, all right, well, this is the problem I'm trying to solve. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be cool if everybody that's listening in and all of their team when they wanted to complain about something they said this is what I'm trying to solve and this is my potential solution and then we're then the debate is which solution do we choose, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, I, or
1: how, what are we going to propose?
0: love that. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm not going to say they don't complain, yeah. but
0: they don't complain to me. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's at uh, Kilkenny's is where they're doing all their complaints. That's right. I always think of, uh, you know, your group, just because they're all so progressive, and I think when most people probably started listening to this podcast, they're like, a librarian, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Like the image of the, uh, is it the Ah. the Dewey Decimal. Absolutely. uh, All of that stuff. I can remember going into, this is going to date me, and you're you're not as old as I am, but going into the um, university where I Mm -hmm. went, and spending so much time looking at those tiny oh, yeah, boxes. the card try- catalog. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Right? And Reader's Guide to Periodic Literature, the green books that you had to look sure. at magazine articles. In, and yeah. those are all gone, right? Yep, they're all electronic now. Is it? So there's there's no box anywhere that I can look through. Well, not the, at TCC, through. but at some <laughs> places perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's funny, just how archaic that was now looking back, but how progressive that was at the time. Well, and, and I think about how hard hard research was for us versus how easy it is to do now I know yeah there was no hey Siri what is the yeah you know or, or google this or google that how do you think that's changed us for the better and how do you think it's changed us maybe uh maybe it's not been so positive what do you, what do you think for
1: the better I think it's so, for me personally, I'm, I'm a curi- I'm curious by nature. That's okay. part of why I'm a librarian, right? So when I think of something or I see something in a movie I'm watching, I can immediately just pull it up and look it up and read about it, and I, I automatically know the answer, and it takes me five minutes. Yeah. Whereas when I worked in reference, you know, that used to be my job. For years, my job was to answer reference questions, and so you would call. I worked at the Central Library, and you would call in, and ask us a question. We would settle bets for people in bars. Oh, that's we funny. would uh, spell words for our court reporters. <laughs> we did, I mean, all kinds of that. I mean, uh, look up, uh, uh, here's a great one. We would look up uh, addresses for Hollywood actors and actresses and so that their fans could write them letters, you oh, know, through funny. U.S. mail. All, all that kind of stuff. And now um, people see, they do those kinds of things themselves. Sure. But for me personally, when I was doing that kind of work, my trivia knowledge was amazing For because sure. I, you know, I did it all day long. Yep. That's I was like being the queen of trivia, and uh, I told you would totally be my lifeline yeah. if I get on Who Wants to yeah. Be a Now I can <laughs> only remember like little bits and pieces, but back in the day, it, and so I think we had to work a lot harder, but we knew a lot more. Yeah, like you know, we we read the paper every single day from cover to cover because. So many of our phone calls would be people asking about an article they had read in the paper. Oh, so you had to get ahead
0: of it. So we had to get ahead of it. Yeah. Well, I do think that's true. The downside is you, like, when you Google something, you get that one piece Mm -hmm. of information, but it's out of context a lot of time. Right? Right. Oh,
1: absolutely. Well, and think about your spelling.
0: You can't spell as well now as you used to could. What are you reading myself?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I never could spell. But now you have autocorrect,
0: right? And
1: before, you had to kind of know how to spell it to look it up.
0: Yeah, I saw something uh, the other day about diagramming a sentence. And I was like, oh my gosh, remember, uh, you probably oh no, like I do it. that, yeah. yeah that was, shout out to Mrs. Arrowwood, my favorite teacher ever, my English teacher in ninth grade, yeah. who taught us all that stuff. Uh, Absolutely. She made it fun and interesting, but uh, I'm so glad I'm not doing any of that now, and sentence You me. do. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask the, a librarian, what is your favorite book?
1: Oh, I knew that was coming. You did, okay. Uh, I don't uh, want to be normal, but I, <laughs> I am curious,
0: like what what's the answer?
1: You know, a writer or, or everything. I love so many, so many books. Okay. I, you know, my standard answer is to kill a mockingbird because how can you go wrong with that? Okay. Well, but that's, that, that's kind of like, eh. I love the Outlander series by Diana Gabaldon, oh my gosh. which are like a gazillion volumes. I love the Harry Potter series. Okay. I mean, I read them all as they came out, even though I was well beyond the age of the audience. <laughs> um, you know, there's just so many wonderful... I love nonfiction. I mean, I've been... You and I have talked about Brene Brown. I yes. love her
0: works. Yes. So, I just like to read, and I like to read so many things. What's the beach novel, like, that you would say, oh, my gosh, if you... Just a mindless, you know... Uh, oh, my gosh. Trip. I, I,
1: okay. This is my guilty pleasure, which I, I don't really know that I'm all that guilty about it. I love Nora Roberts' books. Sure. I love them so much that um some girlfriends and I actually went and stayed in her inn in Boonesboro, Maryland. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course you did. Mm-hmm. I love so did you what just like are you just sitting around and uh, it's super quiet and everybody just reading Nora Roberts' books? I mean, well no, that's that not go? what we did. Oh, okay. But but she's got she actually
1: wrote a series of books about Doing is fictionalized about building this inn in her hometown. And I will say, if you're ever in that part of the country, that inn is unbelievable. Fantastic. It's fabulous. She named each one of the rooms after um, a happily ever after couple. And it's done in, like, different... decorative genres and it was just a fun place they have great food they treat you really well her son owns the pizza place across the street so you get a gift certificate to go to the pizza place (laughs) i mean it's just great we had the best time that's awesome
0: yeah well uh is there anything else that you uh want to share with our audience
1: you know, I think the, the key to building a good team is is one of the things we talked about. It's it's choosing good people who mm-hmm. really fit the mission and who work really well together. And, and one of the things we do with that is we do allow everybody to be involved in that hiring process. But beyond that, I think it's that whole thing you talked about, about building trust. Mm-hmm. And that's where it all comes from. Once you have that establishment that everybody's working toward that same mission, toward that same goal, and you can trust each other to have your back. I think, then you've got a great team.
0: Well, if that's the measure, sister, you have done an amazing job as Thank I started with this. I I do. I, you know, I, I always get excited when I know I'm going to get to work with your team. And every time I leave, I'm always just a, just a little bit uh, high You know, high from mm-hmm. the the depth of questions that they ask. They show up, right? Like oh, we've, absolutely. We've talked about some really in-depth things with mm-hmm. them, right? About Around trust and oh. humility and all those. And they they really go deep. So anyway. Mm-hmm. So and they I,
1: talk about it for days and weeks after. That's so fun. In fact, they say to me, when's
0: Tracy coming back? (laughs) Anytime. There's the answer. All right. Well, thank you so much for being uh, here today. I'm sure we'll we'll, uh, continue the conversation. Uh, And thank you to those of you that have listened in today. If you want to hear more Leadership uh, Podcast, head over to tracyspears.com. And we appreciate you dialing in.